want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, hey guys, uh, I want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15 for a minute. And I'm going to start verse 9, but see, um, Saul, King Saul, is now king of Israel. And God says to him to, when she goes into battle, to completely destroy and do not take anything. Verse 9 says, but Saul and the people spared Agag, Agag the king, and the best of the sheep, the oxen, and more valuable animals, and lambs, and everything that was good. And we're unwilling to destroy them completely, but everything despicable and weak, they completely destroy. So here he's told to destroy everything, but he hangs on to the really good things. And then we go later on, we go down and uh, Samuel has to come to him. Poor Samuel. He has to be the one to, to be the bearer of bad news that God's not happy with you. <laughs> and, you know, Saul's like, well, I, you know, I was just, keeping them for sacrifices and and samuel is like god doesn't care about your sacrifice he wants your obedience and you know obedience is a wonderful thing especially when it comes to god but there are people in this world today that they will and i did this at times beat myself up because i feel like i'm being disobedient or i'll i will um keep something from myself thinking that I'm being just thinking that I'm being obedient, but all I'm doing is sacrificing because God never told me, you don't have, I never told you that he had to give that up, you know, or there are times where you hang on to the good things. Like I, you know, feel like God's saying, get rid of this stuff in your house. Well, my kids gave me this. So you hang on to it. That's not being obedient to God. So, you know, it, there's a, many ways to look at obedience and those are a couple of them but when we are obedient blessings follow that's not the reason we should be obedient just to get blessings but they do follow when you are obedient what do you think yeah i've said many times and i will repeat it god does not bless us out of need yeah. or desperation yeah. Yeah. He blesses obedience. Yeah. And and I think sometimes we think like obedience to the Lord is always, we always go to the terrible end of it. Like if I'm obedient to God, he's I know he's going to call me to be a missionary to the uttermost parts of Africa where <laughs> yeah. no one has ever gone before. And so we, we immediately think like obedience to the Lord. We immediately think of the worst things. And yeah. And I think what we've got to realize is like, I mean, this this whole program is uplift, right? The obedience, there is no better way to be lifted up than mm. being obedient to the Lord. Mm. And the problem is it's our viewpoint of God, right? Like we, we view mm -hmm. obedience as a bad thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like we have, right. we have movies that paint rebellious people as the heroes, right? And all this kind of stuff. But in, in God's kingdom, Obedience to him is the best road and best way to the best life. Hmm. 
God is not asking us to be obedient for no reason. He's asking us to be obedient because it, it leads to the best life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he knows what's best. Oh yeah. You know, we have choices that we make all the time and, and God, for the most part, I, I'm not going to say definitively because I'm not God, but you know, God lets you have your choice and you can choose to be obedient or not. He's not going to cast you into hell for, you know, not giving a little extra money at church one Sunday or something like that. Mm -hmm. But maybe if he's asking you to give that little extra bit of money so that it can help someone in need, it can help the church, it can help you. Who knows what God has in mind? You know, I, I, we, I know we've talked about this before, but I want to bring it up again. When Moses was leading the Israelites in the desert and, and God says, strike the rock, and he struck the rock and water came out and everybody drank. And then he says, speak to the rock. And he, so he says, you know, gather everybody around, he speaks and nothing happens. So he strikes the rock. God didn't say strike the rock. He wanted him to speak to it this time. He wanted to show his power. And there, yeah, there's a more spiritual thing in there, but it cost Moses a lot. But, you know, we have to also understand that, yes, being disobedient can cost us. It mm -hmm. cost us many different things. Yeah. But also don't throw yourself, you know, don't beat yourself up for disobedience you know it, there's a difference between willful disobedience and just ignorant disobedience too but right. um god is loving and forgiving and he'll bring you back like what he did with peter mm -hmm. brought him back so we need to better understand what obedience is so that, like you said robert that we can be uplifted mm -hmm. by the lord and who else can do it but him well, and you think about the Israelites, you were talking about Samuel and, and Saul, and and I've been thinking this whole time, like, you know, the basically in a sort of sense, the the uh Israelites there, they weren't being obedient because they were looking for some king to come and, and lead them when they had yeah. God and, and they yeah. weren't so they weren't kind of obedient in their nature. And their relationship with him, and and they could have just had God lead them on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and as a as a group of people. So they asked him, you know, uh, hey, we want a king. Well, you had one, God. Yeah. You had your king. <laughs> so they there there there's an example of what happens when it's like, okay, well, I, I want to trust in a guy rather than God, and and usually that is. That results in the going around the, you know, the mountain for forty years or whatever. You know? <laughs> right, like, right. I mean, yeah. you know, that kind of a different time period for those group of people. But hey, you know, like you, you're just going to wander around aimlessly, or or worse yet, a lot of people are going to lose their lives when you just don't have a relationship with God and let Him be your all. Yeah, and, and again, it's like I think we have our viewpoints of God, like. If we really understand what the scripture is saying, right? let's pay attention to what the Bible is saying all the way through. Sometimes we pick out verses we don't understand the whole context. Hmm. Like we go, well, wait a second. Why would God do this? Why is this so, you know, why is he so mean? We look at God as like mean or looking to, I saw a far side cartoon once and it was like, 
God on his computer. He's at his PC and he's about to hit. He's waiting for a guy to walk under a piano so he can hit the smite button. <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like, that's like our picture of the Lord. Like we, we think that God is impossible to follow. He's too demanding and I can't possibly achieve his, you know, this perfection that he wants. And so I'm just not going to do it at all. Right. And, and right. really what's happening is, is that the Bible is God's love story to us as humans. And what it constantly shows in this story is how often we just break his heart. Mm. That as, as we are supposed to love him and he, cause he, he shows this perfect love toward us and we constantly break his heart, mm-hmm. but he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop loving us. He doesn't, it, it doesn't change his love for us. Now it might change our situation in eternity, right? But it, it doesn't change how he interacts with us. His, his love for us is still there, but it, it just, it, it just keeps developing and he just keeps making a way and making a way. And then we keep breaking his heart and breaking his heart. And then on top of that, then what you see kind of like with the Israelites there, right? So what happens is God asks them to do something. They refuse. And you almost see, and I was, I was mentioning this before, before we started on tonight, but in that verse 12, mm-hmm. we see it, it gives us, this is what's important about context. It gives us the intent of their heart. It's not God who's being the villain here. It is Saul and all the people. Because it shows that they set up a monument to Saul. It wasn't a monument to Yavah. It wasn't a monument to the Lord, which he would have told them not to do that anyway. right? He would have said set up an altar, but not an image. right? But right. they set up an image of Saul that it is possible that they were going to take these animals and sacrifice to. And so who's the real villain? Well, in their, so all of a sudden we see their heart. They have no desire to serve God. And they seem to have this strong desire to make this man not just a king, but even maybe more than that. Mm-hmm. And so, right, like, like beware of, of times when we want to set monuments to ourselves in our life, right? Like we, yeah. these times when we think our success is our success. Right. In reality, God's leading us somewhere. And so really, I think what God's been trying to cry out to humanity is that obedience is based on love, which is what Jesus told us. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. But he but Jesus also tells us that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You know, he's not like the slave driver that the world is. He's he's writing a love story. And so the idea is like, wow, I want, I want to obey the Lord because that's the best. That's the best. Right. And like, it's the love story. And yeah, like we just, we see this constant situation, which of course, again, points to why we need a savior, but (laughs) like this constant failure of humanity. Uh, But yet, yeah, this, this love story that God has. And I think we just, we got to realize God's not trying to hit a smite button on us. He's trying to do everything not to have anything like that happen to us, but sometimes we choose it. Yeah, uh, I was 
three or four years old. I don't remember. Um, my mom jerked my hand, grabbed my wrist so hard and jerked me back, almost popped my shoulder out. And it sounds terrible, doesn't it? But I was about to put my hand on a hot stove because I wanted to see what it was like. Mm. She grabbed me and pulled back so that I didn't get burnt. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. anybody who just would have seen what she did would have said, and she probably did it a little too hard, but she was scared. You know, anybody who would have seen it would have said, oh, but what an awful woman. But no, her love for me didn't want me to get hurt. So she pulled me back. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I never did that again. <laughs> I learned. But that's what God sometimes does with us. You know, he pulls us back so that we don't get hurt. We don't know what he knows. We don't know what disobedience is going to cause in our lives. So sometimes he he does look evil or mean or a tyrant, but he's not, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a jealous God. Sure. But he's also a loving, caring, wonderful father who mm-hmm. wants the best for us. Absolutely. Yeah. And this thing, this thing about, and, and I understand exactly what you guys are talking about because, you know, I used to think that way when, when I was younger, when I read the, the old Testament, it's like, man, like God's a scary, we have a scary God. Like, he, you know, he destroys stuff and he's got anger and all this stuff. But, you know, that that's, I mean, those things happen. But we, when we think God's mean and, and we're afraid of him, uh, like, you know, the unhealthy afraid of him, that just means that we need more relationship with him to find out who he really is. Because the longer you walk in this and the more that you realize who he is, he very much is, you know, the the God of love. He's not, you know, the the, I, you know, I've said before, he's not that mean old principal that wants to smack your wrist. That's that's not who he is. I mean, he'll absolutely do that, you know, uh, if it's absolutely called for. He's very just, but that's not primarily who he is. So, you know, this this obedience thing comes down to relationship. And your heart. What's the intent of your heart? We talk about that all the time on this on this program. But the other part of practical obedience is that, you know, like back to Robert's point, like, man, like people, everybody's afraid, like, oh, he's going to send me to Uganda, wherever Uganda is. <laughs> I, I don't know, somewhere in some <laughs> tribal village in, in Western Africa. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what Mongolia, I mean, or Siberia or something like that. <laughs> He, you know, like we're all, you know, everybody's afraid. Oh, he's going to send me to start up a church in Siberia or something. Well, no, most, I mean, some people may, it may, but he's gifted them for that. And they're, they're geared up for it and they have a passion for it when he calls them for that. But, um, you know, the thing is, most of the time, God's going to have you be obedient by going and visiting with somebody or, speaking to somebody or somebody in your environment, you know, or he's going to, he's going to bring someone into your environment or into your circle, and he's going to want you to minister to them and, and just be with them or pray with them or talk with them or open the door for them or, or something very basic for the most part, you know, Uh, you know, he does grand things with some people, uh, but for the most part, it's little day-to-day stuff. 
<laughs> yeah. Like uh, I think that I think that that's the key. Like we we got to realize like there's plenty of lost people next door. <laughs> right. I mean, like there's plenty of lost people in the city that you live in, right? That yeah. doesn't mean we're not missionaries to the. That doesn't mean he can't call you to somewhere else. I mean, obviously that's needed too, but God knows how to balance all that out. Mm-hmm. And just like you're saying, like he's not only going to empower you to do it, he's going to give you the desire to do it. So, like when God calls you to something, there's like this desire to do it. And so we just, for some reason, we think God's going to call us to things we don't want to do on purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and like, uh, that's just, he, one, he's going to develop, like, could you imagine the first thing he called the apostles to do was to follow. Mm-hmm. So they spent the next three years following him. Mm-hmm. And then he still didn't expect them to be reaching their world without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He, he then tells them, okay, now you've got to wait. Right. Okay, so follow and wait. <laughs> and, then, and then wait for what? Well, the Holy Spirit, because you can't do this without him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so there's a lot of this going on. I think God does a lot of training in us, a lot of preparation in us. He doesn't just kind of like drop things on us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he under right. he has this understanding of, you know, like prepping us to do the thing he wants us to do so that by the time it is that time like we are ready to do this thing right Mm -hmm. uh and and so that's i think that's a lot of the stuff we got to pay attention to um talking Mm -hmm. about like the power there second timothy uh one we always quote one seven god has not given me a spirit of fear or timidity but of power love and a sound mind Mm-hmm. but the context and i hear people quoting that all the time but the <laughs> context of that paul is telling a young minister timothy is a young pastor in ephesus who is constantly facing opposition from false teachers and so he's probably kind of sh- shrinking back and he's probably becoming timid and fearful because mm-hmm. he's younger than them and they're probably using their authority and clout and age to try to, you know, come at him. But mm-hmm. Paul expresses, okay, but you don't have a spirit of fear. But he's referencing the fact that Timothy has already been empowered with a spiritual gifting to handle this. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Timothy, remember the gift you have. Therefore, understand God has not given you a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah. that, and, you know, we just, we got to think about it in these kind of terms. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, I was, I was, I was just going to say real quick, I was just going to say, yeah, he didn't, God didn't send David out on that battlefield versus Goliath without God knowing how that was going to end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he knows how right. it's going to end. Yeah. And it, was it really the rock that killed Goliath? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, it's a great question. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Chad, earlier you said God is just, mm-hmm. and that is so key. And, and what you said too, Robert, with, with Timothy, because no matter what God asks us to do, no matter what he commands, no matter what he says, anything that he says, it is not going to be a failure ever. It is going to be completely justified. 
We may not understand or nor like it, but it's because we don't understand it. There's nothing that comes out of the mouth of God that is bad. So when God asks us to do something, like pick up a stone and throw it at a giant, <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. Speak to the rock. It's going to happen if you mm -hmm. do it the way he says. Mm -hmm. We can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. But we got we can't yeah, get go that ahead. mindset. We just can't get in that mindset yeah. sometimes. See, all those things were completely reasonable. And David had a lot of prep time out there with the sheep. Yeah. He learned yeah, how to yeah, yeah, that's right. really well, right? So that's yeah. what he went to battle with, right? <laughs> that yeah. swing of God, right? And God's like, okay, I'll, I can do this. No problem. This is not a problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. You, I just need somebody to go down there, right? Any, any takers, right? Right. So, like he just needed that person, like. And, and so like Saul, you know, going back to Saul, Saul gets all jealous eventually over David, but David, David did the thing that Saul was supposed to do. God was mm. not asking Saul to do anything unreasonable. You're the king. Go defend the people. Yeah. I'm going to be with you. Go defend the people. But see, that's why Saul's end ends up with like the kingdom being ripped from him because mm -hmm. God it actually says, if you keep reading, it actually says why Saul dies. And it was the disobedience he constantly had towards the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't an issue with Saul. Like sometimes, like we, like you mentioned earlier, like sometimes we could disobey because of ignorance. Yeah. In yeah. Saul's case, he was always sure of God's will. God made it known to him what he wanted. But in even in knowing God's will, he chose against it. So it was a willful disobedience. Hmm. And it was it was that way his whole life. And that ended up, you know, that's kind of how his life ended up, right? Like this was it. Uh, yeah. And so I think that, but he was prepped. Like God, God wasn't asking him to do something that's unreasonable or that he wasn't ready for. Right. And he never asked yeah. us that either. Yeah. If he so, asked us, we're ready. And so that brings us back to that justice point, right? God, God is going, God is going to judge the world, not because we don't deserve it, yeah. or like because somehow He didn't give us a chance. He, he, his judgment takes place in a reasonable, fair way. Yeah. And what's amazing about this is sometimes not God is always fair. At the very least, He's fair. Most of the time, He's gracious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so the reality <laughs> is good. like, right. So the reality is like, God's always fair. He's going to be, when he gives justice, always going to be fair, but most of the time he's gracious. And so we see that situation with the Lord and what's, here's the thing, right? If somebody broke into your house and abused your family, threatened to kill you, threatened violence, threatened to steal all your stuff, threatened all this kind of, just was oppressing them or broke into anybody's house. What would we say? We would say, well, it's time to, it's time to make sure that person can't do that, right? We would understand the justice of that. Well, God made the universe, and we have brought violence to it. And we have stolen and lied, and we've done these things. Is it not right for the God of the universe to be fair in how he handles humanity? Mm -hmm. 
right? And so, like, we would do the same thing. We just don't like it when it's when it's us. That it's like we've yeah. been disobedient, yeah. and we know that justice is coming on us, right? But but that's again, God is more than just fair. He's gracious, so He doesn't just say, "I'm going to judge you," and I'm going to judge you fairly. But now He says, "Hey, guess what? I've sent the Christ." So if you're obedient to recognizing that I've sent the Christ and receiving the Christ, now I'm going to offer grace. Right. So he he does even more. Right. And so I used to have kids at school when I would teach them, uh, they would always look at their grade, you know, and by the way, a grade on a test, as far as I can tell, is almost always earned. It's never given. Right? <laughs> and so I used to have kids, they would raise their hands and say, Mr. Johnson, you're just not fair. You can't say, well, well, wait a yeah. second, wait a second. <laughs> let's let's analyze this because because you're making some claims and we want to know because this is going to how you relate to God too, right? So let's talk about this. Uh, did you get the material you were supposed to? Have? Yes. Did you know what you were supposed to study? Yes. Okay. Did you study? No. What exactly about this is unfair? <laughs> and then i would and then i would tell them this i'd say like if you want me to be fair then i take away all the bonus questions you know oh, those yeah. things that give you extra points because that's called grace so what you want me to do what you're saying is if you're saying you want me to be fair then i take away the bonus questions and i just grade you based on what you were supposed to know what and this is what you deserve and, and then I'd ask him, I'd say, is that how you want me to be? Do you want Mr. Johnson as a teacher to be fair and just or gracious? <laughs> and, and, and needless to say, all of them are going to go, oh, hey, we want Mr. Jones to be gracious. Let's keep adding those bonus <laughs> questions in there. All right, so, more grace, more grace. <laughs> more grace, yeah. So you weren't the most popular teacher, or were you, because of your graciousness? Uh, well, it just depended on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> but see, they weren't obedient because they didn't study. Right. I mean, yeah. a just act there is to say, well, if the just act is I'm, I'm going to count everything wrong. I'm never going to give you extra points because there is no such thing. Right. I'm going to count everything wrong that you got wrong, whether you studied or not. You were supposed to know it, right? That's the just thing. And that's kind of like, I think a lot of times we view God, that's what people are viewing God as. So they read this passage of Saul. They go, wow, that was kind of mean. They read where Moses struck the rock a second time instead of speaking to it. And they go, well, that's kind of mean. And they, and they see God as just that, right? Just that, that like that teacher that's just going to give you what you deserve. Mm -hmm. But God does so much more. We forget the parable of, uh, that, that where God tells uh, how the, the landowner who pays everybody the same amount, no matter oh, yeah. how long they've worked, the whole point Workers of that is God is yeah. gracious. He's not yeah. just just, he's gracious, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So one thing I was trying to say earlier, and I, I really fumbled over myself, but with the few minutes we have left, I want to bring this up, is we have to remember that because God calls me to be obedient in some area doesn't mean that Chad and Robert have to be obedient in the same area. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm, yeah, are you following yeah. me? Because mm -hmm. um, 
there's, but I think that a lot of times people, they call discipleship being obedient to what they know. And it may not be the same or at the same time, it could be the same thing, but just not the same time for everybody else. And that falls back into that whole grace thing that, you know, um, I'm trying not to think of anything in particular because I don't want to make anybody say, oh, he's talking to me. <laughs> it's God speaking, not me. But anyway, like, let's just say drinking. If God says to Phil, I don't want you to ever drink a drop of alcohol ever. It doesn't mean that Robert can't have a beer or Chad can't have a beer. It doesn't mean that. But if I impose that on you, then I'm wrong because that's what God has called me to, not what he's called you to. And, you know, it could be something along the same lines, like, Chad, I don't want you to play video games ever, okay? But, hey, Robert, let's go play the latest video game together, you know? Chad can't sit there and say, oh, well, these guys, I can't work with them anymore. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah. we see that a lot in our society, mm -hmm. and it, it bothers me. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> because it's self-imposed obedience well, imposed obedience upon someone else that may not be either ready for that at the time, or God is working with them in a different way and in a different area, and maybe he'll address that down the road with them. Well, yeah, even though we work together, we each have individual relationships. Yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 so, you know, you know obviously, I, I feel like God's called us all to work together, and I put in in that group too absolutely yeah in different ways and we're each specializing and doing different things and we each you know so and then you know even beyond like this program we've got you know relationships you each have relationships with different people in your church and that sort of thing and so we're each you know we're just called to be as individuals obedient to what god is calling us to do and that might have you move to different circles of people or or you know what have you but that that's a key point what you said phil is it, it goes back to your individual relationship with god and what he wants you to do but you know the same thing isn't always true for each person you know there there weren't multiple king davids there was one you know i right, mean right. you know saul saul wasn't the guy that went out there and killed goliath with the rock it was david so you know, it's not like they had a war party of, you know, people that all slung the rock and killed Goliath. It was one guy being obedient. And that's, it's kind of the same thing, but we each have that individual relationship. Yeah. Right. And so whenever like, God's calling you to be obedient and be obedient in it, and God will take care of that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, uh, I may be a minister. I think we're all called to be ministers of the of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. But we're not all called to be occupationally ministers. Right. Yeah. Like, Good point. Because at some point, like I need to go to the doctor, like I'm going to need a doctor at some point. So I need somebody yeah. to be called to be a doctor. Right. I need You're right. Right. You're called to be a mechanic. I need <laughs> like in all these areas, God can um, can call us. Uh one of my favorite passages of scripture is in Exodus, when God designs the temple, when he designs the tabernacle and the, and the artifacts that go in it, 
he it says that he gifted the artisans to do it mm-hmm. yeah right and so like so like well, what does that mean that yeah. means a bunch of artsy people were gifted to make it look beautiful right? yeah. <laughs> to, to, do, yeah. to do this work yeah and so like God calls people to do all kinds of different things. And, and you're right. He calls us to all different types of people. And so, and so obedience, what it's going to look like is different for every person. Now, yeah, there right. are obviously right principles that everybody follows, right? Like it's never going to be okay to murder. It's not like, right, right, not like right. that's in the balance, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. But, yeah. But, yeah. you know, with regard to, to, how we're serving the Lord, how are we ministering Jesus into our culture and into our society is going to be different for every person. And he uses yeah. personalities and he uses, he, so he, so uh, I heard it put like this, you know, your personality is not an excuse to not give the gospel, right? So just because you're an introvert and I'm an extrovert or vice versa, doesn't mean that. Uh, that somehow the gospel can't be presented except by extroverts, right? Well, no, it's just, but how it's presented by that person will look different. Right, exactly. It'll still be the gospel, Mm -hmm. but how they present it will look different and who they present it to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a good point because, you know, Kathy and I are both very introverted people, and but the way that, you know, God has you know called us to do things you know we're not up there on a stage in front of 10,000 people and that's fine but we're we we have one-on-one relationships with other people we have small circles but they're very powerful you know like in Kathy's situation my wife she uh is a leader of a of online bible studies and so, you know, she's like a group leader or a team leader or something like that. We're with a group of, of women and she has a couple of them. Well, those groups are very powerful, you know, and, and but but that's fine. You know, like, you know, we we're called to do our individual things. We all each of us. Yeah. And we don't often think of uh like we always think about the glorified positions, like these positions that are very spotlighted. Um, Paul refers to the church altogether. And he's like, he's like, even the ones that you don't, that you don't notice, right? Those are even more important mm-hmm. because, because let, let's be honest, if I, if I'm out for a Sunday, okay, somebody else can speak, right? That's okay. But if the bathrooms don't get cleaned, Guess which one I'm going to hear about, <laughs> right? Because because right. that is a very important job, but nobody glorifies that job. Mm-hmm. But right. that is way important, right? And so, like, we don't think about those kind of things, but those there are jobs that are very very important that need to be done in the kingdom that people assume are not like like jobs that are important. And that's not true. Some of these jobs that we consider not important are are even more necessary and you know more mm-hmm. powerful. Uh, I heard a story about Billy Graham when he got saved. Uh, he was actually, I think, it was a tent revival, if I'm not mistaken, and he was going to leave. I don't know if it was a tent revival or at a church, but he was going to leave, and the usher stopped him from leaving. Mm. And he got saved in that service. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Nobody knows that usher's name. Mm -hmm. But he has a part. He had, God does. That's right. He has a part in every person that got saved under Billy Graham's ministry. That usher has a part. Mm-hmm. See, but we don't we don't think about those things, right? Those, but those are major legacy moments that we would consider insignificant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that a clearly obedient. Yeah, that's a powerful story. That's awesome. Yeah, less is more. Mm-hmm. I think it was a tent revival because somebody, had, a passing evangelist, might have been the one doing the revival, invited him to it. And uh, then he was going to leave. Yeah, I'd heard that story before. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We are about at time. A little bit over, but uh, it's quite all right. This was a good, another good topic. Another good conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we better quit doing this or we might get more people listening to us. Huh. <laughs> no, you know what, though? I really don't pay attention to how many people do but i know a lot of people do and uh you know every once in a while somebody in the community will say hey i really liked uplift this past week or you know something like that so um even if one person watched we'd still do it wouldn't we yeah i mean we're just being obedient yeah yeah we we were called to do this and we're doing it and uh you know we're just as blessed as everyone else is by doing this yep Mm-hmm. You know, I really think that we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours and not get bored or, or even make it boring. But um, maybe we'll do that sometime. Just sit down one night and just talk until we get done talking. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest, they made a movie about that. It was called Forrest Gump, but he ran. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you guys would have to. Tell me if the sun comes up because I'm in a basement and I don't have any windows, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> I know we'd, we'd end up with that story that happened in Acts where Paul had to resurrect that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. falls out the window, yeah. Yeah, somebody falls out a window. Right. Yeah. Yep. That would be in the that'd be in the chat box. It'd be like, oh no, I'm and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um uh Quick announcement, I will not be here next week for recording. Um, so I'm going to have to leave it to you two. I am going to be spending some time with my family in the Hocking Hills area. Um, it's a very popular place here in Ohio, Robert. It's, um, oh, you're from Ohio. You know where it is. <laughs> you know where it is? <laughs> uh, I don't Hills. know if I know where it is. What, what is it? Where is it? Hocking Hills. It's uh, south of Columbus. Um, oh, they no, got I, I hiking trails. Okay. Yeah. I, sometimes I forget since you're. Direction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we're, I'm going to be there with my family. We're going to take a few days away. Um, so I won't be here when we have our regular scheduled recording, unless we do it a different night, but I, I'm sure that's not going to happen. So probably be just you two and uh, chat. I'll set you up with uh, everything you need to make it work. So you don't have to call me and say, Hey, it's not working because you know what? You can't call me where I'm going to be. No cell service at all. So, oh, man. You really are going to be disconnected. I am. You're going to go I through know. withdrawals. You're going to be really. <laughs> you better be obedient. You, you better be obedient in your prayer life there. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. not going to have your cell phone. Well, if you ask my wife, it's like 
connected to my hand, but see, but well, maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. All right, guys. Well, have a great week. And uh, I'm sure you guys will have a great topic next week. And I'll be back the week after. Sounds good. All right. Good night, everybody. All right. Night. Thank you.